East-West Draftcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Hey everybody, welcome to East-West Draftcast. I am one of your hosts, my name is Greg Smith. On the line with me is your other host, Jefferson McDonald. What is going on, my friend? Not much, man. Just uh, been playing a good amount of Gatecrash Online. I haven't actually touched a single Gatecrash card in real life, but that does not mean I have not been drafting it. So pretty excited to talk about it. Cool, yeah. It's been a long time since we had the podcast. I went to the Pro Tour Gatecrash up in Montreal uh, a couple weekends ago. And kind of coming down from that, I would have liked to do an episode last week, but our schedules didn't work out. Uh, so this is as soon as it's going to happen, and you're going to have to deal with that, listeners. But with that said, I want to jump right into some stuff. Uh, we have a bunch of pick-a-card lists coming in a What Wheel Wheels segment as well. Before that, Jeff, do you want to talk about the PT at all? Hell yeah. Uh, shit, man. Your first Pro Tour, how was it? It was a lot of fun, and I didn't even do that well. So, I mean, what does that say? <laughs> I had I don't know. It says it was magic. Magic is fun. Right. And I guess above all, that's the big takeaways for me were this one. I had a great time and I, I mean, I went three, five on day one and I actually had a pretty disappointing, like finish to the end of that day. But the rest of what was going on at the pro tour, like events outside of the, the event hall and just being able to draft for free after scrubbing out was, it was all really awesome. I met some cool people. while I was down there including a couple listeners, and all in all, like, great experience. The other big takeaway for me was that, goddamn, does Constructed take a lot of preparation to be, like, <laughs> capable at, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would say the draft does too, but you've been preparing for that for, I don't know how long, years and years and years? Many years, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think they're both... Similar, but the problem is you never, ever, ever play Constructed. So, of course, it's going to be real tough. Right. So, the the draft portion was up front. And apparently this is the first Pro Tour where day one has been draft right away, where the first three rounds are just a, a booster draft. Yeah. I drafted a Boros deck. And I was in a seven-man pod, as, as strange as that is. I was in a pod with uh, Tom Martell, the eventual winner. Mm-hmm. I did not play against him. Uh, I played against three other gentlemen. I never got the bye either, despite losing my first match. Did he? Uh, did he three zero Tom Martell? Did he three zero that pod? I'm pretty sure he did. I don't know that one hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure he was the three zero out of there. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, so I drafted like a pretty decent Boros deck. I had a lot of good two drops. I had. Two Syndicate of Ties, two um, of the 3-1 Flyer, the Daring Skyjack, one True Fire Paladin. Uh, my three drops were pretty good, too. I had two Ember Beast, a Court Street Denizen, Sky Knight Legionnaire, and it starts to go downhill from there. Uh, at four drop, I was playing double Scorchwalker. Eh, that's not that bad when you have all two and three drops. No, it's not the worst, and I, I actually had other cards in the sideboard like I could have played instead, like another five drop, or we'll get to that. But um, in addition to the Scorchwalker, I also had an Assault Griffin and an Alms Beast on the splash. Uh, I was also splashing for a 1,000 Lashes. 
five drops. I had Nav Squad Commandos and a the Cyclops, the Fortress Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And at six man, I had a Rip Scale Predator and an Angelic Skirmisher, which All is right. the the four four that gives you like yeah. crazy abilities every combat. Yeah, pretty absurd card. Spell-wise, I had a Martial Glory, something that's cut off. And, oh, two Martial Glories, an Aerial Maneuver, an Act of Treason, and the aforementioned 1,000 Lashes. So you only had one real removal spell. One real removal spell. Oh, no, I had a Smite as well, excuse me. Okay. Forgot about that. Uh, one, Two real removal spells, three combat tricks, an Act of Treason, and then just dudes. Uh, relevant sideboard cards were... Another Ripscale Predator, a Towering Thunderfist, a Zorichi Tiger, and then some like off-color cards. Like more, I could have splashed. I guess it's not a splash, but I could have played Beckon Apparition, just mm-hmm. as a one-one flyer to kind of keep Battalion going. Yeah. Uh, also had a Shadow Slice and a Riot Gear. So after all the drafting you've done since that day, would you have built the deck differently? I actually think I of the of the cards that I drafted, I feel like I built the deck correctly still. The the big question was whether to play two Scorchwalker or a Scorchwalker and a Towering Thunderfist. I think you got it right with double Scorchwalker. I, I don't know. I, if I I mean I I'm hearing about the deck. I, I knew about it a little bit, uh, but I, I can't envision it completely in front of my face. But I would maybe cut something for something a little more aggressive. Like cut some one of the expensive cards, like maybe the three five. See, I like the three five. I but the thing is, is like, what do you cut it for? Do you cut it for riot gear or beckon apparition or shadow slice? Probably the apparition. I mean, it's not that impressive, but it does keep your skyjacks going at least. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could be right. I. I don't know. If anything, I think the card to cut would be the 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 cyclops, the six three. Oh, you don't like that as much as the three five? I think the three five is better. Okay, I I mean I haven't played with either that much, so you very okay. well are probably right. Just the fact that the Cyclops only attacks as a six three, like that three toughness is kind of a liability for a five drop. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really fit. Uh, like it's kind of like the control car, like the control five drop, because it like blocks really well, and then once they have no guys, you like swing it in and finish the game, but. Red White is not all about control. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, but yeah, so I ended up losing round one. I went out the rest of the way. I won rounds two and three. Uh, so I finished the draft at 2-1. I don't remember a whole lot of specifics about those games at this point because it's been like two weeks, and the stuff that I really remember is, is what went on in the constructed rounds because those are a little fresher and they were like a little more... I, I Because it was such a new experience for me, it felt a little more visceral, like it impacted me a little bit more than just a draft because I drafted so much over that weekend that a lot of the yeah draft matches start to bleed together. Can you remember if you felt like like it was a possible 3-0? That, oh, like, did actually, you... yes. It, it, I, I definitely think it was. And, yeah. I mean, when I say that, I should, I should mention that I think I could have won round one or, like, round one was very close. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't know if it was 3-0 since you played different opponents, but yeah, the the first round was a, was a uh, maybe mistakes happened. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that necessarily as much as it was just 
the guy I was playing against, he was playing a, a very good Demir deck, yeah. kind of had the perfect answer every time I was getting ready to turn the corner and get get the lead in the game, quote unquote. Yeah, I've been so impressed by Demir lately, but it's a great guild. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, I, I actually now that we're talking about it, I'm remembering specific sets of plays. Uh, his deck basically got me with Call of the Nightwing both games. Yeah. Right? Uh, so in game one, or, or, or the first game I lost, was just kind of this grindy, like he couldn't really attack me with anything but the 1-1 flyers because I had dealt enough early damage to kind of like keep his keep him in check. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, but he keeps making 1-1 one, one flyers, making them and making them and making them. And eventually I drop down a an Assault Griffin to kind of stabilize the air and at least block the one that has a Cypher, uh, an sure. encoded spell on it. Right. And so he comes back, he, he ends up cracking in with all of his guys, all the flyers, just suicides in the, the Cypher one. So I block that and I take however much more damage, four or five damage from the other flyers. And second main phase he plays the Smog Elemental giving my griffin an additional minus one, minus one until end of turn and killing it. Mm -hmm. And so I've got one out at this point, because I think he's got me dead on the next attack, and it's Act of Treason, because I can steal his smog elemental, and because he had attacked all out, he didn't have enough blockers to actually survive that attack. Right. On top top of the fact that I would kill all of his tokens by stealing the smog elemental, right? Right, but they were all taps anyway, right? Sure, but I mean, just killing them would have got me a lot more back into the game as well. Sure. So I I draw my card for the turn. It's an active treason. I rip the one answer I needed, right? Or maybe yeah. I already had it in my hand. I can't remember. I might, I might have been sitting on it knowing that like I needed to just play for one long attack. Mm-hmm. Either way, like this is the turn I'm going to win. I cast active treason. He has two black mana open because he has like a gateway shade on the uh, on the battlefield, I think. Okay. And just off the top of your head, like if I'm coming in with a lethal attack off of an act of treason on his 3-3 flyer, can you think of a card that would prevent that from happening? Because I couldn't think of any outs this guy could have. I was pretty sure I had won the game. Sacrifice creature, gain life? Yep. Sacrifice his own smog elemental, gain three life, and I was just out of it. I, I had lost at that point. So. Yeah, but I mean... Is there a way to play around that? <laughs> no, there wasn't. And that, that, uh, I didn't, yeah. like I said, I didn't feel bad about the loss because the game was very close and I, he just had the right answer at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two was like that. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I had one play where I was just about to kind of get back in it and he had some way of preventing me from doing so. And it was, it was a really like well played match, I think on both sides. And he just, he got the better of me for sure. Right. Uh, rounds two and three, I did pretty well. And those those games did not feel close. Those were also games where the Angelic Skirmisher just did a lot of work. That card is absolutely insane, you know? Yeah, it's it's one of the very few uh, cards that, like, I mean, the Primordials all do this, but it only costs six mana. And when it when you cast like when you cast it, it does a huge, it has a huge effect. Like it gives all your life link or vigilance or something the turn you cast it, which is a big deal. Yep unlike a lot of rares where it's like a big scary monster and and if they have the removal spell on their turn it doesn't really matter totally but but it has an effect right away it's kind of like and it's not a titan but has the titan-esque effect of it does something when it comes into play 
Yeah, the rares in this set are really splashy. It's like yeah. the good ones. Yeah. The primordials included, the the angel, and among others. But yeah, I mean, we'll get to that too. Um, but yeah, after the draft, it was time for constructed. I ended up playing an Esper control list based mm-hmm. loosely off of uh, something, a list that we saw Osip Lubadowitz. I'm hoping I'm not butchering his name. Uh, he was running it at one of the SCG opens that had happened the previous two weeks. Okay. And the deck was sweet. Like, it was really good against, like, the red-green decks that were kind of dominating the, uh, like, the press before the tournament. Like, all the lists that Saito was posting on Twitter. Right. So it was, like, running main deck Blind Obedience, the full set of Supreme Verdicts plus a Terminus, and just a bunch of spot removal. I ended up adding an extra spot removal spell over a counter spell in the main deck. Mm-hmm. And then just closing games out either with Mill or with Extort or uh, Planeswalkers, Tamiyo or Soren. Uh, I ended up getting an Obzidot into the main deck, mm-hmm. which was not like... Osep had his in the one or two in the sideboard, and I ended up just bringing one into the main because every time I cast it in testing, it felt like the best card in the deck. Right. And I wish I had taken that a little bit further. I wish I had taken that to the point of just making an Obzadot deck, because I think that would have been more correct. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that card is very good. Yeah, well, it was... I mean, it was in the sideboard of the Pro Tour winning deck, but it was in that deck. It was also in the Esper Control list that was in the top eight, right? Yeah, do you... I mean, I haven't looked at the top eight coverage at all, to be honest with you. Do you remember how many copies the Esper Control list was running? No. Okay. I'll have to check that out. But, uh, yeah, the deck was pretty good. I ended up winning my first round of Standard mm-hmm. against a red-green opponent. And to be fair, he had a game loss in round one for misregistering his deck. Oh, bummer. And then he got to play first in game two, he beat me, and then in game three I played first and I beat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sitting at 3-1, right? And you need four match wins to make it into day two. Yeah. And I lost out. <laughs> yeah. I lost to a Juntek. I lost to the, uh, a Quasi Mirror, like another Esper control deck that was a little more focused on Obzadot. Uh, I lost to a. I lost to another red green aggro deck that just kind of nut drawed me twice. Like I got him game two, he got me games one and three, and I never even had a chance. You know, it was like a couple. Minor plays might have made a difference, but I'm pretty sure I made the correct plays at the time. Uh, one of which specifically was on turn two, I could have cast a Blind Obedience on my main phase, or I could have left up mana for either an Ultimate Price or a Devour Flesh for one of my opponent's like one or two drops. Right. I ended up playing Blind Obedience thinking, well, if he just starts jamming Haste Creatures like the Boar or Hell Riders onto the battlefield, this spot removal is not going to do me any good. Sure. Uh, he ended up never playing a haste creature after that, and he burnt me out with like double skull crack on his fourth turn, mm-hmm. like right before I could untap and cast a wrath. But uh, yeah, I also in the last round I lost to a blue white red like Geist kind of tempo deck. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, all in all. I felt like I played pretty well. I just wasn't quite prepared enough for the mirror match that I played. Like, I played pretty badly in that one, I must admit. And the matchup against Jund was something I had never played before. Mm -hmm. 
although we tested it, like two other people tested the matchup and kind of gave me insight and I don't know. It wasn't quite what I needed, I guess. I needed a little more insight. I needed personal to play experience. it yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, all in all, it was rough losing five straight or four straight rounds like yeah. to, to miss out on day two. But I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I I feel like it's it's mostly on me just for not being prepared enough with certain matchups with the deck. I was expecting like more red green. And to be fair, I faced more red green than anything else. Like I played that twice and every other deck I played was just a one of. But I don't know. Sure. It was it was kinda rough. Sure. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself though, even though you did not make day two, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean it meant I got to draft all day on day two and <laughs> Yeah. For me play. that's pretty sweet. Like I don't Yeah. I really like to play limited a lot more than I like to play constructed, so I mean it was a treat. For sure. Yeah, I mean I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it as of now. I will say that I'm like extremely motivated to make another pro tour now, which is kind of weird. Like I didn't really think I would feel that way. Yeah, but you I, I you would you would have checked it off your list of things to do. Yeah, now I just want to get back and make day two and like win one. You know, it's kind of weird. That is weird. I guess it's not weird. It's weird. <laughs> You're weird, man. Are you gonna start PTQing or? Ah, yes, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like we went, I went and played standard at game day the other day with Spencer and John, and I don't know. I I would have never done that in the past. So true, true. I mean, uh, my recommendation would be don't play in PTQs of formats that you aren't interested in. <laughs> no, totally. Because that'll just be boring and. You're not going to do well if you don't like the format. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, kind of, do I want to kind of get into one of these constructed formats? I'm not sure. Like, I don't really want it because I only have a certain amount of time to dedicate to playing Magic in my life, and totally. I really do like limited that much more. So, it's it'll be interesting to see if I can make time for more constructed formats. I kind of doubt it. Yeah. I I don't know if you noticed. I uh, sent an email to you about. Grand Prix Oakland, I kind of screwed that one up, didn't I? Is that another limited GP? Yeah. That's the weekend you're getting married? Yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, can't, can't win them all. Definitely can't go to them all, so whatever. Yeah. It's no big deal. It's just the hometown one. I know. That's all right. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, what will... Wheel. Wheeling cards is fun. Do you can you see the pictures on the Intar webs? Yeah, I just opened it up. I haven't looked at these yet. This is this will be my first time looking, so I'm fresh. This is from an online draft I did uh, yesterday, and if you've never heard this segment before, we look at pack one and we try to determine which of the first few picks, like which cards from those packs, are going to come back to us on the wheel. You can follow along. The pictures are posted on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash EWDraftCast. So open up volume three of What Wheel Wheel and follow along and uh, try to try to play along, I guess. And we'll, we'll read out the cards. Uh, Jeff, why don't you start with this pack? Okay, so we have highlighted as the rare Boros Reckoner, then Serene Remembrance, Debtor's Pulpit, Coerced Confession, Boros Charm, Island Pit Fight, Drakewing Crassus, Midnight Recovery, Prophetic Prism, Demir Guildgate, Wildwood Rebirth, Structural Collapse, 
Scatter Ark, and Disciple of the Old Ways. So first things first, we're picking the Boros Reckonrad of this pack. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, not only is it the best card in the pack, it's also worth the most tickets. So, bonus. Um, yeah, it's obviously the pick. But uh, this is a probably one of the most obvious what-will-wheel packs I've seen. It might be the most obvious one we've ever done. We've done this yeah. segment. This is the third time we've done it. Because there are eight playable cards in this pack, and, and that bunch, is all. Yep, that's it. So, uh, Boros Reckoner, you're taking um, the next card that'll be taken, probably Boros Charm or Disciple or Drakewing Crests or Pit Fight. Yep. Uh, and then the next tier is pretty mediocre in Prophetic Prism, Demir Guildgate, and Debtor's Pulpit. Uh, yep. And those are those are eight cards, and the rest are wow. Uh, Wildwood Rebirth is probably the next most playable card. Yeah, or Island. <laughs> well <laughs> true All right, uh, but yeah so I, that's my guess uh, I'm assuming that I'll be correct so we're saying that Scatter Arc, Structural Collapse, Wildwood Rebirth Midnight Recovery, Serene Remembrance and Island and Coerced Confession are coming back yeah let's find out what came back exactly those seven cards <laughs> yeah that was uh that was pretty easy. Yeah, the next ones are a little more interesting. This one was pretty straightforward. I will say that I do kind of like Wildwood Rebirth. Russell turned me on to that card at the pre-release. He was playing a Gruel deck with a lot of Blood Rush cards. Mm-hmm. And it's fine if you have a couple uh, Batterhorns or whatever else that you can like basically double up on your uh, Blood Rush or just get a dude back that you Blood Rush to, to, to cast or something. Totally. Um, it's... Generally a 23rd card, though. So. Yeah. I've also seen Midnight Recovery do some work in that 23rd card role, just grinding people out with in Orzhov or Demir decks. Yeah, I think I saw a video where that happened. I haven't seen it in it, r- real-life quotes, because I play online. But It happened to me in a side draft at the uh, the, the PT. Mm-hmm. It sucked. I dra- I, that sucks. I drafted with Russell online yesterday, and we we almost had to main deck a coerced confession. Oh boy! <laughs> just just as a five mana cantrip. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I think we we played a land over it, which was definitely the right. That's call. probably correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, let's move anyway. on to to pick two. Pick two. All right. You want to read this one? Yeah. Sure. So going down the rarity scale, there's a skull crack, a gridlock, Demir Kirun, planes. Ruination Worm, Mortis Strider, Skinbrand Goblin, Skyblinder Staff, Assault Griffin, Totally Lost, Orzov Guildgate, Way of the Thief, Greenside Watcher, and a Contaminated Ground. Okay. Um, so you have Assault Griffin highlighted. Uh, I think there might be a case to be made for Skinbrand Goblin here. That was but, the choice I was yeah. trying to make when I after I picked the Boros Reckoner. Yeah, I... I mean, two drops are real important, but I, the Griffin is definitely the more powerful card. So Two drops are important. I decided to go with the Assault Griffin because I wanted to leave myself open to getting into Orzov if I wanted to. True. That is always a good idea, and I've, I'm i a big proponent of staying open. I, when I was drafting with Russell, uh, said draft, or was it the same draft? I don't know. Uh, I had him picking monocolor cards over other cards the whole time. And he was getting, I think, frustrated with me. (laughs) (laughs) 
which we ended up with maybe not enough playables. So whoops. yeah, but uh, no, but I like to stay open. There's yeah. something to be said about committing to a guild early, but the decision between Assault Griffin and Skinburn Goblin isn't like it's not a huge difference, right? It's not a huge difference. Like they're both probably equally playable in my mind. Yeah, like right. on, on a pick a card list, they'd be pretty close. Um, so let's go through what we'll wheel. Uh, so for playables, Assault Griffin, Skinbrand, sure. Yep. Um, Other two yeah. drop, Greenside Watcher. Yeah, Greenside Watcher. We have a Guildgate. Yep. We have a Totally Lost and a Gridlock. Yep. I think Kirune is pretty good, especially the Demir one. Yeah, Kirune, and then probably the Ruination Worm, but somebody might be crazy and take Skullcrack. Yeah, I think that Ruination Worm, Skullcrack are the next two best cards. I mean, Mortis Strider, if you're doing something silly, could be a pick for you. But considering yeah. the the amount of other good blue-black cards in this pack, totally lost Gridlock, Demir Kirune. Yeah. Mortis I, Strider probably is, is going to come back. I also watched a draft of Ryan's where the opponent had the win with Mortis Strider on board. And uh, failed to see it, even though he was playing it in his deck for what I assumed to be that combo, which is to sack it to, uh, what do you call it, the corpse blockade over and over again. And he had mill for whenever he plays a blue creature, so... Oh, weird. And he had the game, like, right there, and he didn't do it, and then he lost. Awkward. Yeah. All right, so out of this pack, we think Contaminated Ground, Mortis Strider, Way of the Thief... Planes, Skyblinder Staff, and Skullcrack or Skullcracker coming back. I would say Skullcrack, possibly if not Skullcrack, then uh, Ruination Worm. Probably the Ruination Worm, yeah. All right, well let's see what happened. It was the Ruination Worm over the yeah. Skullcrack. All right, that's uh, that's not that surprising. I mean, I I personally don't think Skullcrack is a good card. No, neither do I. Uh, I don't think that you should play it. I mean, it's it's definitely possible that it's the right card in a very specific matchup, but come on, people. I played against somebody who main decked three of them, and they lost. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, six drops aren't particularly good in this format, so I can understand someone just shipping the Ruination Worm and hoping that maybe someone else would play it. It was the card I picked out of this pack, to be fair. Sure. I mean, I, I don't think it's terrible. It's just, like I said, six drops are kind of a liability sometimes, and... Just a vanilla one, I, albeit very large, is just, I don't know. It's not, it's, yeah, this is, uh, six drops are not the, the greatest. They need to do something pretty pretty big. Yep. All right, next up. All right, pick three. We have Sylvan Primordial as a rare, Boros Elite, Forest, Psychic Strike, Pit Fight, Razor Tip Whip, Sage's Row Denizen, Nav Squad Commandos, Forced Adaptation, Act of Treason, Frilled Oculus, Gutter Skulk, and Structural Collapse. What would you pick out of this? Uh, this, I would probably take the Boros Elite. Yeah, that was actually what I did take. The Pit Fight is highlighted, but I ended up taking the Elite. Yeah. I talked uh, myself into it. That's good. I mean, Pit Fight is a good card, but not amazing in Boros. And... Boros Elite has Boros in the title, man. Yeah, that was that was actually my main... Well, in addition to taking the white card and staying open to... Orzov, again, no. Yeah, leave myself open for Orzov, although there's been no it's sign. In this, at, yeah, this point, yeah. at this point, it looks like it's been cut. 
my main reason for not taking the pit fight was, well, if I'm in Boros, pit fight is like one of the worst removal spells you can have because most of your dudes are pretty small. Yeah, you're just two for oneing yourself when you pit fight. Although it is very good with Reckoner or Active Treason. Yep, and that's in this pack as well. Uh, but let's talk about what's coming back. Only five of these cards are going to come back, and one of them is going to be Forest. So the other four, like, what are the four worst cards in this pack? I see Structural Collapse. I see Force Adaptation. Those seem like... Yep, and Razor Tip Whip. Razor Tip Whip. There's three. So it's what's the next worst card in this pack? Uh, it's not going to be the Gutter Skulk, since it's the only black card. Um, it's also a two-drop. So, I mean, I would yeah. argue that Gutter Skulk is one of the better cards in this pack. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> no, I'd say that it's even with a lot of it. I, um, I would say that it would be between the Sage's Row Denizen and the Sylvan Primordial. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's. I'd say it's. I guess Psychic Strike is in in on that as well, but uh, I like Psychic Strike. But I oh, you're you're saying what's going to come back? Yeah. Okay, see, I don't think there's any chance you'd ever wheel a, a Primordial out of a pack like this. Mostly just because oh, people will just slam the half a ticket, you know? Yeah, it's the worst Primordial, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it's still a rare. It's still a 6-8. I mean... I, I've seen a uh, black Primordial go, like, 13th pick or something. Oh, that's crazy. That's, like, w- one of the two best ones. I know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I would say that the... I, I would expect the Psychic Strike, the Gutter Skulk, or the Denizen to come back, and I would say Psychic Strike is the worst of those cards. Yeah, I like Psychic Strike. Um, I like it too. But, but I, it is, it's very specific to the t- style of deck that is generally hard to build. Yeah, so we're saying Forest, Whip, Structural Collapse, Forced Adaptation, Psychic Strike? Sure. And there nailed it. it. I mean, that's not, we don't need to talk much more about that one, so let's just move on to the next pack in this one. And this is kind of a, an interesting one. There's a Murder Investigation, an Urbis Protector, which is the 1-1 one, one that creates a 4-4 Angel token when it enters the battlefield, mm-hmm. uh, Swamp, uh, Paranoid Delusions, Slate Street Ruffian, Sky Games, Spire Tracer, Shadow Slice, Warmind Infantry, Simic Guildgate, Basilica Guards, and an Ember Beast. There are a lot of good cards in this pack. Yeah. I think there's an uh, there's an obvious I think there are obvious wheels here though. Right, swamp, paranoid delusions, and sky games are almost certainly coming back. So then it comes down to again, like what's the next worst card? Right. And I, th- um, I think you're looking at spire tracer. tracer, slate street ruffian, and murder investigation, right? Yeah, I would call the spire tracer. Um, although I could see murder investigation coming back as well. I think Murder Investigation is the worst of those three cards, and that's the one I would expect to come back. I still, I still want, I want to try that card more. I yeah. feel like, I feel like it's not. I mean, it's bad, but it's not. I feel like there's a place for it. I had it in a deck once with the. I had two Scorch Walkers, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a sweet combo. Um, and then the tur- the time that I had that combo in hand, like I was playing against the Mirror. And it was like the whole game. I was just like, "Well, I lose if he has an act of treason, since he's got he got me <laughs> low enough to where if he takes my Scorchwalker, I have to chump it. And so if I put Murder Investigation on my Scorchwalker and he act of treasons it, I'm definitely lost. Yeah. And so it was like I ended up putting it on my uh, Guild Mage, which uh, I ended up losing. But 
It was it was close. It was a very close game. All right, so you think the Spire Tracer is coming back. I would guess the Investigation is coming back. And it turns out that the Slate Street Ruffian came back in addition really? to the, Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, Spire Tracer and the whatever we were just talking about is definitely worse than that card. I, I like Slate Street Ruffian. I think that card's fine. I wouldn't go as far as I like. I would go as far as I will cast it in a deck that is low on playables. Yeah, but let me put it this way. I'd much rather play this card in, like, a deck as a 23rd card than Spire Tracer or Murder Investigation. For sure. In a big way. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right, well, that's the What Will Wheel segment for today, listeners. Let's get into some pick-a-cards. And I don't want to, like, rush this, but I want to keep things moving. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Lay a list on me, sir. All right. This is, I have many lists. We probably won't get to all of them today, so we'll save some for uh, next uh, next time around. Yeah. But pick a card. It's been a while. I'm going to give Jeff two cards, and he's going to have to pick one. And then I'm going to give him the next card on the list to put up against the quote-unquote winner of that first pick a card action and so on until the end of the list. So we have one card that kind of stands out above all the other cards. Yeah. All right, so Jeff, pick a card. Towering Thunderfist or Clinging Anemones? I will take the Thunderfist, please. Do you think it's close at all? No. Uh, I think that the Towering, or not the Towering, the Anemones uh, are too slow for what they do. Um, Generally, in Simic, if that's your plan with that card, I mean, it's... It could also be played in Demir, obviously. Um, but in Simic, I think every creature you cast, you want to be able to attack. Um, or, I don't know. I, I mean, it just doesn't It doesn't seem to do enough at four mana. If it was like a 1-3 for three mana, I would like it way more. Uh, but it just... It, I mean, my 1-4s need to cost three mana. Because the, generally the turn you play, the enemies. Like, it's there on their turn five or something, and you they can't even block because whatever they're doing is bigger than, than your 1-4. I think um, it's definitely more of a Demir card than a Simic card, for what it's worth. Okay, I mean, yeah, when you look at it in Demir, I haven't really played it in Demir. Um, I prefer, I'd prefer, like, the 1-4 uh, in black. The, the Corpse Blockade? Corpse Blockade. Obviously okay. It, seems a little stronger. I mean... Alright, well, well, guess what the next card in the list is, Jeff. Pick a card. Towering Thunderfist or Corpse Blockade? Cool. Uh, I'll take the Corpse Blockade. <laughs> One mana makes all the difference. It does, um, and I mean, I didn't say anything about the Thunderfist before, but what I will say is that it's a fine card, but it does cost five mana, and... Um, I only want to play one or two of those at the most, and... There's like it feels so interchangeable. It's like pretty the, easy to find a five drop in Boros yeah, and Gruul. Yeah. Whether so, you're taking the Nav Squad Commandos or the Zertos Wine. For Gruul, I definitely think that it's the worst of the five drops, and for Boros, I think it's probably worse than the Knights, and I don't know, it might be better than like the Cyclops or 
So, I think or, it's yeah. I mean, it's close enough that it doesn't really matter. I think that's the point, right? Is right. That it's, exactly. Yeah. You could have a Night Watch. You could have a Nav Squad Commandos. You could have a Towering Thunderfist. You could have a Cyclops, and they all kind of do the same thing. So there's no real need to prioritize that, whereas the Corpse Blockade is a card that does something very specific to the black deck. And I think that the ability to sacrifice creatures is subtly very good in this format. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, Act of Treason is a card, yep. which is tough. Um, and not not I'm not saying steal a creature and then sack it. I'm saying sack it when they try to steal your creature. Yeah, although it does work both ways. Sure, uh, it's hard to get those two colors to work together, but yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, next up is Corpse Blockade or Zurichi Tiger. The Tiger. Um, what do you think of the Tiger? Tiger uppercuts. <laughs> tiger. I think the Tiger is fine. I think I prefer the Blockade, although they're both fo- seem seem like they're for slow decks. I actually don't think the blockade is necessarily for a slow deck since it's... Especially for Demir, where Demir gets to land a two-drop that's, like, so, say, a sprite or a screecher, that then you get to hold up the ground with your three and then on four hopefully cast some sweet cypher spell and kind of take over the game in that way, which may sound slow, but Cypher really makes games go fast, truthfully. When you're hitting them with Cypher spells, they get buried so fast. It's Yeah, I mean, free spells have always been like that. Yeah, so, um, and then, yeah, so the uh, the Tiger at, at four, obviously not what you want to be doing in Boros. It just kind of doesn't mesh, so it's more of an Orzov thing, and it's fine in Orzov, um, but you have other ways to gain life in that deck, and I don't know. It's a fine card, though. I mean, it really it, it has impressed yeah. me with what I thought it was. It, it's start. also very good in certain matchups. Like, it's very good in the Orzov mirror. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's like, super good. Uh, we, playing a game in the mirror just yesterday, uh, cast a the Primordial, the White Primordial, and it was like we could target the black primordial on the <laughs> opponent's side or the tiger, and the correct choice was the tiger. That's really bizarre. I, we had a debtor's pulp it out. Okay. Yeah, I uh, mean, I get it. I mean, the tiger yeah. is one of those cards where in the mirror, if you're just gaining that extra two life every turn, that's yeah. often just enough to make it so that your extort is better than theirs. Yep. Straight up. I I also think it's pretty good against Boros in general, just as a 2-3 that can arbitrarily gain life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just an annoying card to play against, and there are certain matchups where you're going to want to board it in. It's it's probably the creature I've most often not started in my 23 and sideboarded in based upon like certain matchups. I can see that. Yeah. All right, next up, Corpse. I, I do agree the Blockade is probably the pick, though. Uh, next up is Blockade or Mark for Death. I'll keep Blockade. I haven't enjoyed Mark for Death. Yeah, I found that it's only really good when you want a falter effect. Yeah, and then it's like a half, like a half falter. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like, kind of like a removal spell plus a falter, because you, you basically say, okay, your worst guy is the only one that can block this turn. I'm getting all my guys in there. Yeah, but my best guy doesn't get it to get in. I don't know. It's, well, I mean, yeah, but it's like you eat their creature, so it's still like a one-for-one. One. It's, it's weird, though. It's like not yeah. a good card, 
Although I don't think many of the cards in this list are quote-unquote good no, cards. No, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, Corpse Blockade or Syndicate Enforcer, the 3-2 with Extort? Uh, the Syndicate Enforcer is good. Uh, I would take that. Um, I think that it is the probably the weakest link of the Extorters. Agreed. But um, Extort is just so powerful. I... Really, really like that mechanic. Surprise, listeners who listen to this podcast. I like Extort, but it's true. It's still, it is a very good ability and has proved itself uh, more than what I thought it was. It's, yeah. it's very good. Sometimes you just need an Extort guy and the Syndicate Enforcer is that guy. Yeah, I mean... You'd much rather have the Screechers and Syndic of Tithes, but because those are such good cards that you don't get as many copies and you often need to run a 3-2 a for a 4. Right. All right, last card on the list, Syndicate Enforcer or Greenside Watcher? Ah, the Watcher. So I've forced 5-color a couple times. How'd it go? Uh, poorly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, both times my mana was fine, Um I wasn't ramping a huge amount. I actually, both drafts, I only got one Watcher both drafts. Um, but, uh, and I, I got plenty of Verdant Havens, or not plenty, but but a few. But it was like, I wasn't ramping a ton, and really I wasn't ramping into anything really powerful. I was ramping into like 4-4 four, four Flyings instead of like Primordials and such. Uh, but anyway, I, I digress. Um, Greenside Watcher is is a sweet card in five color. Otherwise, it is a bear essentially, and bears are are mighty fine in this format. Um, Quite important. Yeah. Uh, but I am gonna take the extort card. Ah, big surprise. I but I think that one's quite close actually. I think the Greenside Watcher is probably better, and that's the card I would take. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, because I'm talking about a 2-1 for 2 with a largely irrelevant ability. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Uh, this is the era of two power, two drops. Yeah. Like, I feel like that has been the name of the game for m- most, like, I'd say 75% of the formats since Zendikar. We've talked about this on the podcast in general. Do you think that Magic players are too good, like, for limited control decks to exist? Uh, Do you understand what I I mean? Does that question make sense? Yeah, it does. I think, actually, I think that the players are not good enough for limited control decks to exist. I think that control is a much, much more difficult uh, deck to draft. Um, I would say it's maybe not extremely more difficult to play, although it it generally has more choices, but I don't know. Uh, You you have more time to make those choices, I guess. I think you have more room to make mistakes in control. Uh, But to draft the deck, make it so... Because control is essentially a reactive strategy, right? And to make sure that you're going to be drawing the cards that you need when you need them is really hard to figure out like how to value things. And I think if control decks, uh, valuations of cards change dramatically more so than aggressive strategies where if you're an aggressive deck and you see a daring skyjack, there are not very many cards you're taking over that because it's just 
oh duh, two power or three power two drop. That's yeah. What I think. Well, yeah. see, I think that's the ultimate kind of problem is that the creatures have become so good and the spells have gotten a lot worse. And this is something that I think Wizards has actively been trying to do to turn Magic into a game more revol- that revolves more around the combat step. Right. I th- well, yeah. And I think that, like, they're pushing it, and so it's what we obviously glom onto. Um, but I don't think necessarily the cards aren't there to make a control deck. I just think that the the like willingness to do so when it's jammed down your throat that hey we're we're aggressive now <laughs> it's like hard to to get away from that i mean you like i almost feel defeated during like during a draft before i've played any magic the fact that like i'm like oh shoot like i only have like two two drops yeah i've already lost this draft and it's like i don't think that that's necessarily true um although like you can draft a control deck and with four two drops and still be a control deck. Remember, like that's the other thing is that you just have to prioritize things correctly, build it really well, realize that all control is is getting the advantage later, and and it's just it's a different game to play and it's much more difficult to I guess see. It requires a lot of patience that I think a lot of players don't have. Mm-hmm. myself included sometimes like i'm i want to be attacking all the time and if right. i'm not doing it i get impatient and i get frustrated and it's probably the weakest part of my game right. I, this is one of the reasons i wanted to play a control deck in the constructed portion of the pt was because i i need i need to hone that skill a little bit you know yeah i and i mean wizards isn't making it easy uh they're printing cards like uh, Boros hands of, Reckoner, well, Hands of oh, Binding. Well, yeah, I was just thinking for a limited draft, like Hands of Binding, uh, the, I forget the White Denizen's name, but the White Denizen, just cards that are like, this card is literally just, you don't get to block anymore. Like, yep. and I, I mean, Hands of Binding is also you don't get to attack, but but it's more like just this whole, like, if I, if I keep my guys back to block, am I going to be punished because of these cards that exist? Well, they made and, two mechanics in this set that do the same thing, too. Blood Rush right. and Battalion. It's like, right. if I want to block, it's bad for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, True, true Fire Paladin? Hello. <laughs> it's like, how do you block that thing? Ever. Yeah, totally. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, let's get to one of your lists. All right, we'll do this list. Uh Call of the Nightwing versus Simic Charm. Ooh. You know, I would have snap said Simic Charm before the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. And now I'm pretty positive that Call of the Nightwing is the card that I want. Cool. Um, I, and a lot of that has to do with, with Guild. I don't yeah. really like playing Simic that much. It's probably my least favorite Guild in the set. I will tell you this from I've drafted recently a good amount online, uh, and I think that the online hive mind agrees with you currently. I think Simic is the least favored guild. It's not bad. No, I mean it's just the hardest deck to make work. I think, and it and it requires good draws. Yeah, like like a lot of the other like like pretty much every deck in this format, you need to really prioritize your early drops. Like Cloudfin Raptor is probably the most important creature in that deck. 
Yeah, for sure. And the the fairy, the one two that can pump, like that card yeah. is actually very important for that deck. Yes. Because you need to be getting in like early evasive threats. Yeah. Um. And the Drake Queen Crassus. Yes. Right. Oh yeah, that card is awesome. Uh. But yeah, evasive big threats is the name of the game for Simic. If you are on the ground trying to bash in, you are not doing it right. Right, because the other guilds do that better than you do. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like the call as well. It also leads to just a more fun deck, in my opinion. So, uh, I do, I do like Simic Charm a lot. Don't get me wrong. I just think the call of the Nightwing is. Yeah. They could have made that a rare, I think. Yeah. And it, maybe. It, like it's sometimes it feels that powerful. With that said, other times it feels like a really bad you card. You do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like oh, I make a one-one flyer, and then you also you have a two-two flyer. You have a Kingpin's pet. I can never do anything. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um, better if you have like a consistent way to get it through, whether it's like Death Cult Rogue or a flyer when your opponent doesn't have a flyer, etc. So. Yeah, one more thing about Simic is that uh, I think a problem with the guild is, well, one, the obvious problem is it it's, has the least access to removal, but um, the big thing is all the removal spells it does have access to, like Pit Fight, Hands of Binding, which are the two most important, uh, obviously Simic Charm is... Awesome, but it's uncommon. The, but those two cards are, uh, you know, uh, Pit Fight grabbed up by Gruul and uh, Hands, like, super early pick in Demir. So it's, like, you're fighting two other guilds for your removal uh, where, like, say, Massive Raid is only going in Boros generally. Uh, I mean, it could go in Gruul, but sure. not, not as high of a pick. And then... I don't know. It's just you're fighting way more than other de- decks for your removal that is very uh, limited to begin with. Yeah. Um, all right. Call the Nightwing versus 1,000 Lashes. Uh, that's an easy one for me. I'll take 1,000 Lashes. Okay. Uh, it's, I don't know. Maybe that, that card will go all the way. I'm not sure. but um, That's one of my favorite removal spells in the format, and it, it's also in the guild that I like the most. Yeah, okay. That will probably go all the way, but we'll find out. Keep going. Um, next card is quite good. Uh, 1,000 Lashes uh, versus Boros Charm. Ooh, see, yeah, that's a little closer. And I found that when you draft Boros, it's less about having removal, per se, and more about just having tricks. Yeah. Like, whether it's Aerial Maneuver... Uh, martial Glory. A Martial Glory. And of the tricks, Boros Charm is probably the best. Yeah, I would agree. Because it's... Doubles it's, as four to the face. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's why. It's super flexible. It allows you to do something good for Boros at any stage of the game. Uh, that's With that said, I'm still going to take 1,000 Lashes based mostly on guild preference. Okay. Um, so 1,000 Lashes versus Ground Assault. See, now you're speaking my language. That's probably my second favorite removal spell in the format, at least at common and is, uncommon. Is your favorite 1,000 Lashes? I mean, it's. I think that's the list. I think that's one okay. A and one B. Uh, man, I love ground assault. That's actually really tough. It's a little more efficient, but I don't know. One thousand lashes. More. But one thousand lashes is like a plan in and of itself. You know, it's like take out their best dude. It's like it's it's already what you want to be doing in Orzhov, which is just kind of grinding out the last bit of life from your opponent. Yeah. Man, that's really close. Uh, 
Today, I'm going to say 1,000 lashes, but if you ask me in a week, I might be back on Ground Assault. Yeah. I, I had a discussion with Spencer about the best piece of removal at Common and Uncommon, and those were the two cards that came up. What do you know? I think uh, Humming Lightning is close. Yeah, I think that Ground Assault's definitely better. Well, I mean, the thing the thing about the Lightning is it's monocolored. Uh, it's, also, notice, it's also an instant. Yeah, true. If you notice all of these cards, I am just giving you gold guild cards and seeing how they fare. Um, now let's move on to the next half of the list, which we're going to up the rarity, but cards might not necessarily be better. Okay. Uh, uh, we have 1,000 Lashes versus High Priest of Penance. Ooh, I really like the High Priest. Yeah. I ran two copies in that aforementioned standard game day deck. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I just built, like, this Orzov deck based around the Obzidat. Big surprise, right? Yeah. Uh... I will still take 1,000 Lashes. I think it's a little easier to play around the High Priest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 1,000 Lashes is very consistent, right? Yeah. Where the High Priest is like, you could cast it, and your opponent could just kill you with their flyers still. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's still very good. Yeah. The High Priest is. I I mean, whatever is on board when you cast it, you're going to kill their best creature or permanent for usually, mm-hmm. so or at least you have that thread of just like leaving him back to block and just saying, "All right, come at me if you want to lose your best card." And sometimes right. your opponent, as the opponent, like you have to do it. You have to just be like, "All right, I get it. You, you're going to get this guy, and I have to let you have that guy because I want to be able to cast these other better cards in my hand." Right. And if you're not casting those cards, and that helps out the Orzhov player too. Like every every turn longer the game goes. The happier an Orzhov player is. Absolutely. So, anyway, 1,000 Lashes. Keep going. 1,000 Lashes versus Soul Ransom. Ooh. Another four-mana enchantment. Yeah. Man, if you... This is another one where, like, if you had asked me when we saw the spoiler which card would have been better, I think I would have just slammed Soul Ransom. Yep. Do you, I mean, do you agree or disagree? I don't know. I uh, what. Well, I would agree at spoiler time I would have done that. I right. think that I would take the lashes today. Yeah, so would I. So uh, I, I do have a little uh, blurb about Soul Ransom that's kind of hilarious. I play against an opponent that had multiple uh, auras in his deck, one of them being Soul Ransom. And so I decided to naturalize. Uh, my opponent steals... Uh, my 4-4 flyer, the uh, the Drake, Sapphire Drake. Sapphire Drake. And just immediately, like, because I was so zoned in on the fact that I needed that Sapphire Drake to win next turn, I was just like, shit, I need to discard. And I just <laughs> discarded the last two cards in my hand. Naturalize? And I look in my graveyard and notice I discarded a naturalize. Oh, no, Jeff. <laughs> it was absurd. Jeez. It was like I 4 for one myself. Man. <laughs> I lost that game, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did. I've heard some horror stories about how someone has had a corpse blockade in play, and then they've stolen something with the Soul's Ransom, and then the opponent like pitched two cards. And then they sack it. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll, t- I'll draw two and kill your guy. Yeah. And make you discard two. That's so rough. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Soul Ransom has a pretty saucy... I mean, it's pretty saucy, but at the same time, it's 
it's never the side that you want it to be. Yeah. It's, it's never the control magic when you need the control magic, and it's never the draw two when you need the two cards. So that's why I don't like it, but it's fine. I mean, it's a good card. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Thousand Lash is still the card I want, though. Yeah. Uh, 1,000 Lashes versus Mystic Genesis. Ooh. Mystic Genesis is a blowout. Oh, my God. <laughs> Drafting with Ryan online, he had it. He told and, me about this, by the way. Yeah, two called shots of he's going to tap out for a six drop. I'm just going to leave open Mystic Genesis. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's just like, what? Both times happened. And he yeah. did it before combat, too, which is just uh, hilarious. Man, I won a side draft in uh, at in Montreal based upon playing around that card because it was just like this Simic player who's like not playing creatures, and that's it's such a this red flag should just go right yeah. up like the alarm starts sounding in your head, you know. Yeah, he's a he's a Simic, they play sorcery speed. <laughs> yeah, the Simic Simic player not playing creatures and leaving up five mana. Hmm, what could he have? I don't know. I think I'll just keep attacking with my two two flyer. Yeah. I was like, just keep getting that Kingpin's pet in there. Nice. Whenever you're ready to tap out, then I'll start playing some more spells. Well done. Yeah. But uh, so lashes over Genesis. God, see that's that's really yeah I think so. Based mostly on again guild preference, but I think you could argue that Mystic Genesis is a more powerful card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you definitely could. I think that 1,000 lashes again going to go back to the fact that it's just more consistent. Yep, definitely. So, Lashes versus Foundry Champion. Ooh. Does Foundry Foundry Champion do damage to a creature or a player? Or either. 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 And it's equal to the number of creatures you control? Right. Man. I still haven't played with that card, by the way. I never did Boros of the pre-releases. Um... I didn't. Eat, I didn't play in pre-release, but I, I have played with it. I, I think I'm taking Foundry Champion. Okay. Just because it is, it, it has the potential to be a two for one, and I and I guess you could argue that a thousand lashes, if it gets enough like points of damage in with its it life loss, yeah. it's also kind of a two for one. But it's also it leaves you open to a naturalize. It leaves you open to like a sacrifice effect, whether it be a corpse blockade or uh, the mill guy. And the Foundry Champion, like, not only am I probably killing something with it or doming my opponent for three to four, two to four damage, I'm also getting a 4-4 that has, like, two relevant abilities. Right. I understand yeah. it's a six drop, which is kind of rough, but I think it's powerful enough to justify taking over just a, a quality removal spell. Right. Uh, I would probably also take the Foundry Champion. Uh, the one time I did have it, I unfortunately read it wrong, or didn't read it wrong. I just didn't read it. I just assumed <laughs> that, could, that, that could be a problem. I assumed that its extra ability was just a carbon copy of FTK's ability. I thought it was just four damage to a creature, and I had no creatures in play, and I cast it, and I got to deal one damage to a creature, and or I could have hit his face, but I thought I could only hit creatures. I dealt it to the creature, expecting it to do four. It did one, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't think I could have done much else that turn, but I was just like, I thought this card did something different. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, last card. What, uh, Foundry Champion versus the other big six mana Mr. Man, Rebel Hulk. Ooh, I love Rebel Hulk, by the way. It's a good card. 
Ah, uh, man. Founder Champion's probably just better, right? I, I you think, know, I, th- I, I think I would take the Hulk myself. Really? Yeah, I guess the three mana yeah, if you slash six, six mana. Yeah, exactly. But I found that Rebel Hulk is usually better once you're at five or six mana anyway on the Blood Rush. Like, you don't really want to Blood Rush it on turn three. Sure, sure. Although you do possibly have the chance yeah, to Blood Rush it and cast something else on the same turn later in the game. Yeah, I think I'm probably still taking Foundry Champion just because it seems like it could do a similar amount of damage at least sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just through its like comes into play ability. Yeah, I just think I think that they're essentially the same like if you're talking about the creature just the creature, like they're essentially the same size. Um just massive. And then the extra ability, the fact that Rebel Hulks can be used much earlier, uh, makes me like it a lot more since this is a fast format. Yeah, I think that's really close, and I think that's a a good pick a card list. Thank you, sir. Yeah, well, that was it. All right. Well, I've got another one for you. Do you still have some time here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This this one I made especially for you. Pick a card: Basilica Guards or Thrall Parasite. Ooh, that's a saucy one. I, I'm going to take the Thrall Parasite. Just because uh, it's the one drop? Pretty much. It's the one drop. Uh, if you're casting it on turn one, it's also getting to attack probably once, maybe twice. So uh, it's going to do a lot. And then, you know, play against uh, Simic deck, and it just laughs in its face. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thrall Par- Parasite or Basilica Screecher? Ah, and then we take the creature. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the evasiveness is much more important than the fact that it only costs one. Yep. For sure. I wanted to get those first two out of the way because the next one is Basilica's creature versus Syndic of Tithes. Now you must choose between your two drops. Yeah. So this is like, for me, this comes down to guild preference of which guilds I want to stay open to. Obviously, both Mark and Orzov, but the others is Boros or Demir. Right. That's exactly the question you have to ask yourself. Uh, and my answer is Demir. Not because I think it's a better guild, but because I think I will enjoy the draft if I draft Demir. I think Where, it actually is a better guild than Boros. I think they're equal, but I don't know. Boros is good, man. I don't, Boros all... is good, but it's it's definitely the the guild I've two one or one two the most with in this format. Like yeah. I've I've rarely three would a draft Boros. I will tell you. So you've mentioned that you feel that that the bombs are are pretty important in this set. Um, Boros is the the guild that looks the most open in every draft or not every draft, but but it's the it's the like trick. Like openness. It's a trap. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, a late uh, Wojek Halberdiers. It's fucking wide open, obviously. But no, somebody took a Skyjack over it, or or a or a Syndic of Tides, or a Syndic of Tides, or a um, what's the Tutu Haste flyer? Oh yeah, Skynet Legionnaire. The Legionnaire. I mean, there's just so many good commons for the Boros deck that like it's gonna have like three drafters every draft. And you're gonna be fighting over the best cards. Although all your commons, because there are so many good ones, like you're gonna still get there. But it's gonna be a deck full of commons, and in this format, sometimes I just can't do it. Yep. 
All right, Basilica's creature or Kingpin's pet? Ah, um... <laughs> so, in a pack-one, pick-one situation, I am hitting the creature for the reason to stay open. Um, I do think the pet is stronger, but I really don't think it's stronger by a huge margin. Yeah, I mean, it's... Let's say it's pack-two and you open up a pack that... And you're in Orzov, like, you're drafting Orzov... And these are the two cards you're choosing between. And you like, if you know you're an Orzov, which one do you take? Yeah, I mean, I think like I think they're really close to even, so it, it really comes down to mana curve. How many two drops do I have? How many three drops do I have? Yeah. Okay. And and if I have a ton of extort already, I'm slamming this creature because it costs less. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I do think it's pretty close. I think all three of those cards, like Basilica's creature, Syndicate of Ties, Kingpin's pet, yeah. are all basically on the same power level. I do like the flyers a little bit more just because they proactively engage the plan of just, like, milking a bunch of damage out of my opponent through the air and through extort. Uh, Although, oh man, Syndicate Tithes, I've seen do, like, 12 damage in, like, four turns. Like, it's just, like, crazy. If it's un... Like, I mean, it's a two-drop, so, like, if it's unstop... Or un... What do you call that? If it's unblocked every turn, like... It deals so much more damage than the other two, but right, just because um, it comes down a turn earlier than the pet. Yeah, yeah. So you have, yeah. But anyway, All right. Basilica's creature or blind obedience? Uh, give me this creature. Uh, obedience, I am not impressed with unlimited. Okay, I haven't played with unlimited yet, and I have. A, I had a feeling you might have, so I, I have played with it once, and it would. I I wanted it to be like anything else. I think it's more of a Boros card than it is a an Orzhov card, to be honest. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I was definitely playing an Orzhov deck, and I, it was a slower Orzhov deck, so it's like... Yeah. It just it was bad. Okay, that was that list, but I have a quick sidebar here. Which of those cards would you take Knight of Obligation... Or which of those would you take over Knight of Obligation, the 2-4 Vigilance Extort? Uh, none of them. Really, you would take the knight over all of the two drops and Kingpin's pet? Pack one, pick one, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, what about, again, like pack two, you know you're drafting Orzov. Is it just mana curve and extort? Yeah, it's mana, mana curve, yeah. I, I mean, so the reason I pack one, pick one that card, I don't necessarily think it's a better card. I think that it fits my the playstyle I'm interested in more, though. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I am not that interested in, you know, jamming two drops. Like I know that that's the easy way to win this format. I just don't like to do it. It's just not, it's just not my style. Well, I don't think that the two drops in Orzov are necessarily good because you're jamming them and getting in for a ton of early damage necessarily. I think they're good because you can play them on turn two and start extorting immediately after that, or if you draw them late, you can get multiple extort triggers off of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're good for jamming and attacking with, though. I mean, no, they I, they are, but that's what I'm saying is they kind of serve a dual role. They do both of those things, right? Sure. Yeah, that's why they're that's why extorts absurd. Yeah. But all right. Yeah, I, I almost feel like they they dra- they printed too many cheap ex- cheap cards with the ability extort on them. Like I feel like one of the two drops should maybe be a three drop. But, okay. I mean, not necessarily, like, maybe you'd have to scale the power level of the card a little bit, maybe. But 
like maybe make Syndic of Tides like a two three for three. Or what but, if like Basilica's creature was a two one flyer for three or something like that, or a two two flyer for four? Would yeah, that just be bad? That that'd be much worse. But I mean, isn't that what you're saying? Yeah, so that is what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's just the fact that there are two two drops with extort. Like those cards are so friggin' powerful. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's actually why I think I might still take those two cards over Knight of Obligation. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, it's just I'm, I just liked this. I like the slow, the slow burn. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of my extort list. Uh, you got another one? I do. Um, we're gonna keep talking about white cards here, uh, and more of the same cards, but not all the same. Actually, there's only one of the same. Um, in a pack one, pick one situation, Greg, you have Syndic of Tithes and Daring Skyjack. Slamming the Syndic of Tithes. Okay, I really? don't, I don't think it's that close. Ooh, I disagree with you. I mean, I like Skyjack, but I, I don't know, I just, the amount of damage that the Skyjack can do early, if unanswered, is very high, but the amount of damage a Syndic of Tithes can do, like, in your average game, I think is still higher. Uh, I don't know if that, I, I, well, possibly. I, well, I guess if you're, what I'm saying is if you're getting in with a Daring Skyjack on, after turn two or whatever, you would also be getting in with the Syndic of Ties in theory, right? Well, no, because the Skyjack gets flying. once On you, like turn four. Or three, if you have. A one drop not, not, not and three. a haste guy. Not <laughs> on three, turn yeah. three, On yeah. turn four, you're right. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Is like if you're able to attack with Daring Skyjack on turn three, you're probably able to attack with the Syndic of Ties. So you're down one damage there from like if you have the the bear, but you also have the access to extort at that point, which could be worth a two point life swing if you cast another two drop and extort. You know what I'm saying? And I think if the game goes long, the the Syndic just does so much more work just oh, I, through extort. I agree completely. If the game goes long, the Syndic is better. But I, I just the I don't know. I've been very very impressed with Skyjack uh, and in both decks. Like it's awesome in Orzov just as much as it is in Boros because because you have this creature because you have the pet. Like you have a, plenty of evasive threats that can turn him evasive and and uh, just to be just if, in BD Orzov he's a solid solid man. Um, but anyway, I said all this. Uh, I said I disagreed with you. I meant I disagreed that it was not close. Okay. I think that I think that the pick is Syndic of Tides. I, I don't mean to say that it's not close in like the card's raw power level, but the card that I want is Syndic of Tides. Sure. Okay. Because I want to be a little more open to multiple avenues of victory, and that's one of the reasons I really like Extort and Orzov as a guild. Mm-hmm. Um. So you probably won't like the next card: Syndic <laughs> of Tides versus Boros Elite. You got yeah. one plan, sir, and that plan yeah. is to smash in the red zone as fast as possible. I th- I think I might even like the Daring Skyjack more than Boros Elite. So. No, I I actually agree with you. I do too. But I figured I would see how you felt about the Elite. I think the Elite is fine. It's just it's so lackluster if it's not battalioning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean I don't know. It's kind of a, a a really swingy card in that regard, and sometimes even just as a three three, it doesn't do enough. Like if your opponent has an evolved Krokonura or a corpse blockade, it's just like, yep, we'll just keep blocking that. Mm-hmm. So whereas like the Skyjack at least can get evasive, uh, Syndic of Ties can do some extorting. Yeah, I, the, the pick for me is still Syndic. Okay, Syndic of Ties versus Angelic Edict. <laughs> 
Oof. Yeah, I'm still taking the Syndic, but I do like Angelic Edict. I want at least one copy in all of my white decks. Yeah. Um, yeah, dealing with anything is pretty nice. Um, Arbitrarily being able to deal with enchantments is nice, too, against 1,000 Lashes, against something like Madcap Skills. I mean, against Madcap uh, Skills, you would just remove the creature, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Uh, Assemble the Legion. (laughs) Assemble the Legion, yeah. I mean, there are enough quality enchantments in this set that it's worth it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I I mean... And if it's not, it's just killing a creature. Which is is fine. Yeah, quite relevant. Yeah, I would probably keep on the tides as well but uh yeah and that's that's pretty close for me um now let's see here's another aggressive card for you syndicate tides versus righteous charge righteous charge is the plus two plus two to all your creatures for sorcery yeah that card i was not expecting to be very good based upon sorcery speed and it has opened my eyes it's very very good Yes. In both the Boros and the Orzov decks. Because no one really expects to see it, I don't think. No, and you have a lot... like So it's good in Orzov because you have a lot of evasive threats that are small that all of a sudden are massive. And then it's good in Bor- Boros because <laughs> all of a sudden... All of your dudes are massive. All of Italian. your dudes are... And you have a ton of dudes, I mean. Yeah. It's, That's really close, actually. I... Uh, you could give me a minute. I mean, my instinct says to stick with the Syndic of Tithes just because two drops are so important in this format, but you could talk me into Righteous Charge, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Syndic. Now, I would also stick with Syndic. I do think Righteous Charge is a better card, um, but I think it fits in less decks, and I think it also... Um, we just said that it works well in Boros and Orzov. Like, what other decks does it need to be good in? Well, I'm, not every Boros and Orzov deck are are built the same. I mean, yeah. there, are, there are definitely creature light Orzov decks. I'm not going to put Righteous Charge in. Sure. Okay, um, that's fair. Um, but what I'm saying is uh, also that I think Righteous Charge still gets no respect and can even table. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, it's kind of an under-the-radar card, I think, because it's sorcery. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's very, very powerful and excellent in the right deck. Love yeah. that card. Uh, Syndic of Tithes versus Holy Mantle. Yeah, Holy Mantle is kind of like a righteous charge in a lot of ways. Kind of, yeah. I'd rather have the Syndic, and I think this is, like, I'd rather have Righteous Charge than Holy Mantle, I think. And I guess Holy Mantle is definitely better on defense than Righteous Charge is, but if I didn't take Righteous Charge over Syndic, I'm probably not going to take Holy Mantle over Syndic. Yeah, I agree. I, I was interested to hear what your opinion of Holy Mantle was. I'm not super impressed by it, um, but it's a good card. I, I don't think it's bad. I, I feel like it generally just plays the role of like a madcap skills. Yep, for before. double the mana. Yeah, so it's like kind of weak in that regard. It's rarely a defensive card. So Yeah, if but, it's a defensive card, you're probably losing anyway. Yeah, unless you cast it on Syndic of Tides versus Guardian of the Gateless. <laughs> That's true. I I think my main problem with Holy Mantle is that it's... No, I, I was giving you the next card, but... Oh, oh, okay, hold on. I was saying my main problem with uh, Holy Mantle is just that it's so much more of a blowout when, you, when the creature gets removed than it would be, say, if, like, Madcap Skills creature got removed. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly, yeah, for sure. Mostly because, like, the Madcap Skills creature is probably... Weak. A, yeah, a two-drop. And Madcap Skills, you only invested two mana in that card, whereas, like, Holy Mantle, it's like, I don't know, you could be spending upwards of, like, seven mana on that combination, and just to have them get, like, Grizzly Spectacled or Ground Assaulted is just such a beating sometimes. For sure. So I'm sorry, uh, run back what you what the next card was? Syndic of Tides versus Guardian of the Gateless. Uh, based on mana cost alone, Syndic of Tides. Guardian is very good. Man, I'm slamming the Guardian for me. Really? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's crazy amount better, but I do think it is in the correct deck crazy amount better and that's the deck I want to play. Which is, is what, the like the Grindy Orzov deck? Yeah, is the deck where Guardian just lands and your opponent just jaw drops to the floor and they're just like, I don't know how to win now. Yeah, I've never played... Because that's what happens I mean, it really is when, when you have, you have to have the inevitability on your side though of like extorting or, or whatever, but um, and obviously, it's not it's not amazing in Boros. So yeah, see, that's the only place I've ever played the the Guardian so far is just as a a, a flyer in Boros, which is oh. fine. Like he's good in that deck. He's not great though. No, I could much rather have a Syndic of Tides. Yep, you'd probably rather have a Assault Griffin. Yeah, maybe. Not necessarily though. I mean, Guardian still does a little bit more work with three toughness and and the ability to block profitably. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy when you when you land a guardian in like on a board where the the opponent has like six creatures, and then you figure out that they just can't attack you like with just the guardian out. That's when you realize that guardian is absurd. Like yeah. the the power that it that it can have on a game is like mythic rare quality. Yeah, you're definitely talking about the best case scenario there. I know, but it happens more often than you think. Like, or it, it's happened to me multiple times. Yeah, see, I think that's clouded you, your judgment a little bit here. I don't know about that. I've also seen it happen in draft videos online. Like, okay. it seems like it happens. I, from what I've witnessed, if you're a slow deck, Guardian is probably the best card in your deck. Okay, I think that's that's that might be fair. I just, as far as me being the drafter that I am, I kind of want consistency. I want to be drafting the, what I believe are the best strategies, and I think that Syndic of Tides is one of the best commons and one of the best decks, and it's a two-drop, which is highly crucial in yeah. this format, so that's that's my justification for taking it. I don't totally. think you're wrong for picking the uh, the Angel. I just I like the two-drop more. And really what it comes down to on this, like, I wanted to do this list because it's, like, to the two, what I think the two best white commons are in Syndic of Tides and Daring Skyjack versus, like, some uncommons that I think are maybe close to the power level of those two cards. Okay. To see, like, where you lie on that. And Syndic is where you lie. And that's legit. That's a great card. Yep. All right, man. That was my list. All right, can I give you one more, and then we'll save the rest of mine for some time down the road? Sounds good. All I right. hope the listeners are enjoying just being jammed with pick-a-card lists. Well, we haven't done any for Gatecrash yet, and we haven't. this is a good way to talk about the format, I think. It is, it is. All right, so do you want a monocolored list, or do you want something else? Give me monocolor. Okay, 
And maybe maybe we'll throw one more in there. All right, pick a card. Hands of Binding or Simic Manipulator? Hands of Binding or Simic Manipulator. That's the one that can steal creatures by counters that are on it. Oh, boy. Um, That's hilarious. A common versus a rare, and I have to think pretty hard about it. I know, isn't that crazy? I love it. Uh, Hands of Binding is just that important. Um, So when you say it's that important, what deck are you talking about? Are you talking about Simic? Both, okay both it's it's probably like i don't know it, it may be the second most important card in, in both decks <laughs> uh, you're talking about but, commons of course yes 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 okay uh with i like basilica's creature the most in demir and uh the cloudfin raptor the most in simic but um but anyway we're talking about a rare here that is a good rare i mean Let's not let's not pretend that this card doesn't doesn't do some nasty things. Uh, and I have played with it, and it was good. But I'm gonna take the hands. Um, I've played with the manipulator. It's been terrible, and I think that's probably because I was using it incorrectly. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I think I would probably take hands of <laughs> I do. I, yeah. I mean, I think that. Hands is the more... It leaves you more open. Alright, uh, next up. Simic Manipulator or Simic Flux Mage, which is the one that moves plus one plus one counters around. Wait, I chose the Hands of Binding. Oh, you oh, I, I flipped the switch on you? For Wait. some reason, I thought you took the Manipulator. I'm sorry. No. Did you not hear me? Did I not get through? You might You might, You might. might have said something that I just didn't listen to. Okay. Oh, Alright, Hands of Binding, <laughs> Simic Flux Mage, the one that moves counters around. Uh, I would take the hands binding. I think the manipulator is better than the flux mage. Yes, yeah, I actually think the flux mage might be better than manipulator, just because yeah. as a creature it beats down sometimes. I don't know. The crazy thing about the manipulator is the fact that, like, all you need is two two counters on it to really do like do something. Sometimes one is all you need, but usually two. But when you once you use it once, like you're gonna probably get to use it again because it just grows back. I don't know. It when happens you, when you steal. A creature with, like, let's say you remove all the counters to get the manipulator back down to a no one. When you steal a creature that's got power greater than zero, does that creature coming into play on your side, does that trigger evolve? No, no, no. Okay, I didn't think so. No, but, I mean, generally you're playing a lot of creatures because you're probably Simic. So you're going to be evolving. I don't know. I've liked it enough. So next up is Hands of Binding or Frilled Oculus. Uh, I will take the hand still. Um, leaves me open, and uh, it's, I think, a more important card in Simic than the Oculus is, just because it's removal. What do you think about the Oculus in general, though? Oh, it's great. I like it a lot. It's really good. Yeah. All right, uh, last card on this short list, Hands of Binding or Rapid Hybridization. Yeah, I had a discussion with this one about with Russell, um, and I think... I mean, I, I'm going to take the hands here. He really likes rapid hybridization. He does. He does. And and that was the thing. As we we had a we were drafting together, and we had a pick that was that or something else. Actually, it might have been versus hands of binding to <laughs> tell you the truth. And uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know. I think that like I've had it in a deck before where it did uh, like it wasn't doing anything. Like I could kill one of their creatures and give them a 3-3, which was equally as good as their creature, 
or I could do the same on my side and didn't really do much. But then um, I took the hands in that draft. The the um, what? Oh God, I just lost the name of the card. The card we're talking about tabled, and so wow. I took it. I took it and draft and played with it, and uh, we had a crazy blowout turn <laughs> with with it, Ivy Lane Denizen, uh, other evolvers, and just killing like our like crappy sprite or something. Yeah, and it was just like whoa like it just like so much value like a it was like a four for one because we even drew cards because it one of the evolved creature or we drew two cards because fathom mage we, we had a fathom mage yeah wow so it was like it was so gross but that was definitely best case scenario still it's we you talked about how hands of binding is very important in the simic deck because it's one of their forms of removal the hybridization is just like i think it's Un- Fortunately, it's not real removal, though. Sure, it's not real removal in the sense of like, but I mean, neither is hands of binding. To be fair, like, I think it is more so. I guess so, but rapid hybridization does things that no other. It's. Let, let me first say that if you're casting it on your opponent's creatures, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. Like ninety nine percent of the time, you want to be casting this on your own dudes to ambush a guy in combat to save something from a removal spell, to trigger evolve, et cetera, et cetera, go on down the line, right? Man, yeah. It, it just does it, so much work when you just instant speed, give yourself a 3-3 at the expense of your worst creature, or a creature yeah. that was going to die anyway. Especially when you're growing something with evolve that's also blocking. It's like generally a two-for-one when you're doing it this way. Yep. But... And it can be like a four for one. Like it's got that root board defenses kind of vibe to it sometimes when you cast it. For Where sure. You cast it and you feel like such a boss. You're like, oh my god, all my dudes are bigger. I have a three three that can block right now. Like, yeah. yeah. But but at the same time, it's like this is all like perfect storm type thing. All totally. And uh, and I've had it in my hand when it was just like. I would like this to be a real removal spell because I'm like currently just kind of trading, just kind of racing, and I just need to slow him down. But this doesn't slow him down at all, and it doesn't speed me up at all. Like it just doesn't do anything. Okay, so I, I can't remember. Did you make a pick here? Hands or hybridization? Hands. Okay, see, I'd take the hybridization. I think it's just the upside of it is so much higher. Mm, Maybe not yeah. so much higher, but it's it's kind of what I want to be doing. All right, so that does it for all these pick card lists. I actually have like five more lists sitting here in front of me that we'll save for future episodes. Uh, I'm excited to get to those, but we need to wrap things up. Jeff, why don't you tell our dear listeners how they can contact us? You can contact me by telephone. My number is just kidding. Uh, you can contact <laughs> me by email at eastwestdraftcast at gmail.com. Uh, but most likely you could get in touch with us through Twitter at EW Draftcast for Greg and at Jeff EWDC for myself. Um, and then we have a website, eastwestdraftcast.com. And of course, we're on Facebook. Check out those What Will Wheels on Facebook. Uh, we're East West Draftcast on Facebook. Um, and I believe you have no other ways of contacting us. Not that we want to let them know of, at least. No. Yeah, you can go to my P.O. box. P.O. Box 976 432 Oh, there's a 10 in there? There's a niner. 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 Did I catch a niner in there? 
All right, well, yeah, that's it for now. Uh, I want to real quick thank everybody for all their support. Uh, when I did go to the Pro Tour, I got a lot of kind words from listeners and uh, met some cool people at there. Quick shout-out to uh, Martin. He lived in the area and kind of gave me some good recommendations of stuff to check out. I did not get to nearly as many of them as I should have. Uh, also, shout-out to Joe Black, who uh, actually bounced me from day two in the final round of day one. But uh, we had some drinks and some dinners uh, along the way, drafted a bit together for the rest of the weekend. He was a real cool dude. I was glad to have met him. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Until next time, listeners, we've been East West Draftcast. Thanks for listening. Draftcast out!